one of the leaders of his book clubs asked the girls, uh, the girls I call them, uh, <laughs> what would you have liked to have been if you hadn't, you know, mm -hmm. uh, got married and this and that. And, and most people were saying singer and this. And I didn't say anything because I said to myself, I did what I wanted, you know. Yeah. I lived the life I, I wanted to. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. So grateful. Dystopia tonight. Hi, John. Hi, Tom. How are you? Um, I'm really good, thank you. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you. Um, that was, I, I seriously could just keep going because if I went through your IMDb, if I went through the, like, I, seriously, it's, I don't know how you did so much um, without, like, just, I, you, you're not even, you don't even look like you're tired. You know what I mean? Like, I've never known you to be without any energy or enthusiasm. I've had a little work done, John. I've had a little work done. <laughs> Like it is like I, I haven't had any work done, by the way. <laughs> oh no, you look amazing though. But I'm like, you were always at the like every time I took your class, every time I saw you, every time I spoke to you, you're always operating at a ten. And I, yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> uh, coffee and Advil PM. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I love that. No, that's I tell you. <laughs> Drug of choice, coffee and Advil PM. I, I recently joined a, a book club because I left New York City after 45 years. That's another part of the story. Mm -hmm. I joined this book club and the, I, I'm, I'm like one of the youngest women in the club. The average age is 86. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think they read the book. They're walking up to me with their walkers. Hi, dear. Hi, dear. I'm going, oh, my God. <laughs> so I gave them a little bit of my background. And and a, a woman after because we were in, you know um, just introducing ourselves, giving us our story, how we got to the book club, blah blah blah. And one woman said after I did my little spiel, she said, "Well, I didn't have a glamorous life like Joanna." And I, and I looked at her, I started laughing. I wanted to say to her, "I worked my ass off." <laughs> oh yeah, everybody. It was really glamorous, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I I loved it. I was doing what I love, so it doesn't feel like work, John. It just, you have, uh, I don't know, you just, you have this fervor, I want to say, you have this passion, mm -hmm. you have this uh, vivacity when you're doing what you love that just feeds itself, I want to say. Right. Because if you're doing something that you love and you choose to do it, nobody made me do that, you know? Right. Um, and I was doing what I wanted to do. I, it was, it, I made a choice. This, one of the leaders of this book clubs asked the girls, um, the girls I call them, uh, <laughs> what would you have liked to have been if you hadn't, you know, mm -hmm. uh, got married and this and that. And, and most people were saying singer and this. And I didn't say anything because I said to myself, I did what I wanted, you know. Yeah. I lived the life I, I wanted to. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. So grateful because I know some people don't start out that way. They have to actually like kind of train their brain to go. I'm going to do what I what I love to do. But some people, you know, sometimes there's a struggle there. You know what I mean? Either parents yeah. or 
you know, society pressures to do a different thing? Did you always feel like, no, this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do? Well, I know that when I was five years old, uh, my sisters would start like complaining because I wanted to sing I'm a little teapot, you know, for the 82nd time in front of the, uh, <laughs> in front of my family, we had a, I came from a working class family in Southwest Philly. And um, we had a small little house there with an archway between the living room and the dining room. And I would do the archway would be my stage, you know. And I'll, do we have to hear Joanne sing again? (laughs) (laughs) And then for some reason, I started uh, my own production. Uh, Tom will, you know, appreciate this as a producer. When I was in fourth and fifth grade, I got all the kids in the neighborhood. And we would do it every summer. But I initiated this. We would do a show. We called it, we're putting on a show. (laughs) <laughs> and we would knock on the doors of all the neighborhood people and I put a blanket up and we had albums and I would lip sync to South Pacific. Happy talk. <laughs> happy, 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 happy talk. <laughs> wow. And so I'm directing the kids and all this in my in my basement. Mm-hmm. And I remember one girl said, I don't like you. I'm, I'm leaving. You're mean. <laughs> Me, I'm the director. I'm supposed to tell you what to do. She didn't have a clue, so I, you know, I let her go. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I replaced her. You know. Yeah. Oh, you want your director to be? I remember when I was in uh, when I was in high school, my theater arts teacher um, was. I uh, oddly enough, I feel like you guys would have gotten along because she was. <laughs> I swear to God, she was like we we always the the my high school always won awards for like oh. best production. She would ship in like she really. Oh gave wow! It, yeah, yeah, it wasn't like we're gonna make our own shit or find it at the Kmart. She found a costume company. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, she'd raise the money. But I remember one time we were we were all in there and I was like I we she and I got along really well. But uh, somebody one of the kids wasn't paying attention or whatever and she picked up a chair and flung it across the like the theater oh area. My and, gosh. Yeah, yeah and i was like this is fucking awesome <laughs> like, <laughs> like no one was phased they were all just like we should wow listen to that you know but i yeah directors are supposed to be tough they're supposed to get shit done well you know i was fourth and fifth grade i knew what i was doing come on mm-hmm. you know <laughs> That when teacher you, probably would have been fired today, though. Unfortunately, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's no harassment or something, you know. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, you're not allowed to bring mm. any of your own personality or flair into your career anymore at this point. No, well, that's that's unfortunate. It is. I hope that I hope that heals itself. Let's put it that way. That's a good way to put um, it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you were fourth grade doing that kind of stuff. What was the yeah like transition from like oh i want to like did you know then like oh this is what i'm gonna do forever like i'm gonna be an actor or like what was your first like impetus to go i i also did a, a community theater in philly um during college i was i wanted to major in theater in college but i was i was a commuter student and so it was a little tricky because at the time uh there were a lot of uh, gang wars in uh, north philadelphia i went to temple university wow and I was a little bit nervous because a couple of my friends got shot. One was stabbed late night on the Broad Street subway. And I was I was a little concerned about, um, uh, you know, rehearsing late at night. And then I had to take the Broad Street subway home. And it was it was a little. Yeah. Anyway, I had, when I finally had to declare my major um, sophomore year, I had this wonderful, this wonderful counselor. Listen, darling, she's doing so well in the social sciences. Why don't you just continue there? 
can always have this to fall back on. If you want to be an actress, you know, you can do that. But get the snap. And I'm like, oh, God. And I was nervous about <laughs> rehearsals. So I did. And I did a, all the theater I could, like theater classes, not theater. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, you know, audition for uh, anything on the main stage because I wasn't a theater uh, major. But I would do um, Society Hill Playhouse, which was a really wonderful playhouse at the time in Philly. I would do some of their shows. Nice. Um, I mean, off campus, obviously, but in downtown Philly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then I realized um, I went, I went, I did one of the first backpacking waves in the 70s with my my best friend, Andy Salvo, and we went all over Europe and Greece. And it was one of the best things I ever did in my life, John. It was just so, it was so much fun. Mm -hmm. It was so educational. Um, and it really, again, made me appreciate the humanities even more. Um, but I came back, I got offered a job in the high school that I was student teaching in mm -hmm. uh, for a year. Uh, I got the, uh, somebody was one of the head teachers in social sciences at the high school, Overbrook High School. Uh, well, Chamberlain went there. That was their big claim to fame. Nice. And uh, uh, No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, <laughs> one time they wanted to stop the arts and, and sports at the high school. I said, if you stop the arts and sports at this high school, nobody's going to show up. Yeah. Nobody, you know, right. so you got to, no, 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 no. Um, but it was a good high school uh, in a transitional neighborhood, I'll call it. Uh, but I remember um, I was still doing some theater in, in downtown Philly. Uh, we were, Anna and I, when we were traveling here, we met a, a, a bunch of really great kids from all over the world. Mm -hmm. But there were a bunch of guys that uh, were from Boston and they were, they had just graduated, I think, college. And they said, Beantown's a great place to live because there's a lot of young people there. There's a lot of colleges, you know, Harvard's there, Yale's close by. I mean, all these. And we thought, hmm, we knew we, we wanted to leave Philly, you know, to start out on our own. Mm -hmm. So we decided to go to Boston first. And, of course, we, you know, got teaching jobs there. But, of course, you know, any theater we could do, we did there. We were oh. part of a, another repertory company called the Boston Repertory Company. Mm -hmm. And I did Animal Farm there with these people. I played a horse, Molly. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it was a great play, though, because they adapted Animal Farm by Orwell, you know, to this play. And it was um, amazing. One of the guys who became very famous, this young kid named David Morse, mm -hmm. played a dog. You know who David Morse is, the actor? Oh, my I God. I think I do. It sounds oh, really He's been in everything. He, he always plays psycho, psych, psychopaths and, nice. and bad cops and things like that. He was, uh, I think it was the 80s. He was in St. Elsewhere. He played oh, this, oh, was this I know skinny young about. with curly hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in, what is it, The Third Mile? I think that was the name of the yes. film. He played the, you know, horrible, you know, prison. But he, and he's also played, you know, pedophiles and things like that. He is the nicest guy in the world. I know exactly world. what you're talking about now. Yes, oh, he did play the psycho in one mile, yeah. Anyway, he he played a dog in Animal Farm, and I mm -hmm. swear to God, he would, <laughs> his tongue came down to the, you know, the floor. I went, wow. oh, my God, how does he do that? <laughs> <laughs> he was the most believable dog, other than some boyfriends I've had that, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Love that you got a zinger in there. Ah, I had to um, do that. What, <laughs> when you guys were traveling and stuff like that, though, but how did you guys make, did you guys make money as actors or were you doing some odd stuff along the way to keep yourselves going? You mean New York? 
Yeah, when you were backpacking and stuff like that. Oh, like, honey, we were, that was after college. We were, you know, college. we saved our money. We were. Oh, you did? Okay. Waited on tables, you know, during college. Right. I, I waited on tables down in Ocean City, New Jersey, and, and places mm. like that. And we, we just saved our money. I mean, right. I put myself through college because my family didn't have the money. Right. So that's how, you know, I got a, a grant, a scholarship, uh, a work-study job, a loan. Wow. That's how I, I got through school. But I, I waited on tables so that I could have money for books and also save money for because we knew we wanted to you know honey back in the day john it was europe won ten dollars a day or maybe five dollars a day it was wow. doable god damn well, i remember one that time in my Greece, heart <laughs> oh i know i know but it was so much fun and, and you met people from all over the world in these hostels and things like that yeah um one time i remember i was in a hostel in in uh, switzerland and it was in uh, the beds were like these big, you know, they were just all bunk beds in this like loft space. Mm -hmm. And we were going to sleep one night and these all these young girls from some kind of choir uh, from Switzerland all start singing this beautiful song. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to sleep with the angels. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh we're in God. then Anna and I were in Greece in this little tiny town, Igraminsta, I think you, mm -hmm. you, you called it. And, and we were just so cheap. We got a room. It was in a barn. It wasn't a room. It was a barn, and it had a big mattress, literally filled with hay. Yeah. And I mean, no toilet, no lights, nothing. <laughs> there was a tin can. It sounds like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not. There was a tin can with a candle on it, and that was our light. It was, it was a dollar for the night. Oh, it was that's a dollar. So fucking cool, though. And I said, God, I said. I said, God damn it, Amber, we're gonna pay five dollars from a room tomorrow night. I this is too much. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm lost in the Middle Ages and I don't want to be here. Oh, <laughs> uh, but now I know what you mean when you used to talk, teach us about using everything you had in your past and your present, whatever that you oh, had such God, a rich yeah. experience. Like oh, absolutely. I, the entire time you're telling me this, and this is just probably just the uh, you know, point out the generational stuff is like, oh my god, how did she convince how did they convince their parents? To let them oh. leave and like, how did you, you know? You don't convince like, your parents. No, you, no, no, no. You just go, John. Yeah, yeah. There was no discussion. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> got my money. Got my 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 euro pass. I have my plane ticket and yeah. uh, you know. No cell phone. No GPS. See you, mom. Oh no, no. And she she wasn't gonna. They they knew me. This. Oh no, you know. Yeah. Why why would they? You know, why would they talk me out of it anyway? It's probably something they always wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. Good you know? point. You know, and my um, I have to say my my parents were um both unpotentiated artists. They never got to really fulfill that or live that. My father was incredibly creative. I mean, he used to make these like he down in our basement he would have he had this little shop, I'll call it. And it wasn't <laughs> fixed up, don't get me wrong, it's just right. you know the basement. But he would make a Christmas ornaments. He had these big, he was a welder by trade. Wow. These huge hands, and he would make he would hand paint Christmas ornaments, make them out of light bulbs. Easter time, he would paint those those Russian eggs, you know, or maybe mm -hmm. they come from the air. Time, I mean, he just and they were both incredible dancers, like amazing dancers, wow. and they won like semi professional uh, dance contests in in the thirties and the forties. Um, mm -hmm. They don't do that anymore. They don't have. It's not like ballroom dancing today, but it's like it's all. You know, it's oh, yeah, no, like I know. dancing with the stars, forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but they would win awards and stuff. So, I, I'm sure I got a lot of that creativity in my DNA from, from mm. both of them. I remember mm. I was at my niece's uh wedding a, few, a number of years ago, 
and it was uh, dancing with my cousin Stephen, who was the mayor of Falcroft, PA. Wow. <laughs> I, was like, I said, Stephen, you're the mayor? I he said, what are you talking about? You're living the life you want. Are you yeah. kidding? Wow. You're doing everything you wanted to do, and, and you just and you went and you did it, and you're, and you're successful. I was like, oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we have to hear from the outside, or we don't really give ourselves enough credit. Absolutely. I, I remember, do you remember, do you know Carl above? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. He just passed, he just passed. But, um, I yeah. remember when I was, a when I was starting out, uh, somebody had said, well, Carl, we'd, we'd, I'd done a bunch of gigs with them back in the day or whatever. And there was this corporate gig and all these guys were like, you know, you do those gigs, they're loaded. They're CEOs, they're oh, whatever. Yeah. They're all wearing suits. You know, they've all got expensive cars, jet, the whole thing. Right. Carl does his thing or whatever. And then at the end of it, there's a line. And all these dudes who are loaded, worth a shit ton of money, have probably what? whatever wanted to talk to Carl. And oh. I, it was one of those moments where it kind of crystallized, like being a performer or being an entertainer. It was like, no yeah. one has that experience. No matter how fucking no. wealthy you are, no matter what you yeah. own, they wanted to know more about Carl. Yeah. And then the, the act and where he'd been. And it, it just, yeah, it's crazy. And I always try yeah. to think about that whenever I'm like, you know down about the whole business or whatever <laughs> where i'm like oh it's a it's bad but yeah i i'm like if oh yeah if something happened tomorrow i'd be happy that i you know got to do what yeah. i want are you kidding look nobody holds holds a gun to your head and said go be an actor be a performer <laughs> be in the entertainment business be poor be rejected get depressed you yeah. know <laughs> do drugs alcohol go ahead right <laughs> Um, so from yeah. there you went, was it, was it a, was it from all that kind of stuff, the community theater and things, and then you went to, uh, study under Sanford Meisner or was it, well, I did, there? um, I also did, uh, when I was in Boston, there was an, an amazing open call, hmm. uh, which means that, you know, you don't have to be part of the theater or the system, meaning at Harvard, mm -hmm. this guy, I was doing his graduate thesis at Harvard and he was doing West Side Story. Mm -hmm. So, wow. Ann and I were teaching school and we saw this ad. I think it was in the Boston, I don't know, the, whatever the, whatever the free paper was back mm -hmm. in the day at Boston. Maybe it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't obviously the Globe, but uh, anyway, um, we saw this ad for, you know, auditions for West Side Story. And we went, ah, we knew West Side Story, you know, mm -hmm. growing up. So we went and we both got cast as two of the Jet Girls. You know, nice. She was Velma and, oh, my God, I forget what my name was. Oh. Anyway, Graziella. Oh, there you go. And then that was my name. My one of my favorite lines was, <clears throat> Velma and I ain't dumb, you know. <laughs> As we're leaving, you know, the diner or whatever. Pops nice. grocery store. Anyway, um, but here's, here's the kicker. Leonard Bernstein was doing a poetry series at Harvard at the time. Wow. And Leonard Bernstein would come in, talk to us, give him a couple notes, you know, encourage. And I was sitting there going, I'm, I'm sitting here with a living legend mm -hmm. who wrote this piece. And he is like, you know, consulting with us, addressing us, you know, his peers. And I, right. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I'll never forget this. This is a lifetime situation, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was just wonderful, wonderful. I mean, it was it was. I couldn't even have dreamt that right. that would happen, and it did. So I like that uh, you said that you you that he dressed his peers because that's also something you always did. Like from the minute we oh. walked into your class, is that you never? I never felt like I was being talked down to, even though I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Like yeah, I know always, that. But. 
<laughs> we'll get into I was like, it's kind I don't know when it's gonna Oh, oh my yeah. god, no, 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 it's so cute. No, well, thank you, because I, I, I never do that. Yeah. I mean, I learn I mean my class teaches me how to teach them. Oh and I don't uh, I don't uh, baby the stuff or water it mm -hmm. down or anything, but I, I I certainly I would say I push people oh yeah in, in the direction of trusting your own instincts mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again. And that's so true in life too, John. Yeah. Absolutely. And once you, you get in touch, if you do have an instinct for acting, I mean that's that's priceless. Right. You know, um, I remember a couple of times you uh, you'd like to editorialize. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I said, well, I think he should probably be a teacher or director too. You know, uh, but 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 yeah. not. It wasn't annoying. There are some people I have to say over the years. A couple of times I said, "Up, um, let me teach the class, okay?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. You know, oh, in a nice way. So yeah. Um, so anyway, I fell yeah. in love with the guy who was playing Bernardo because he was a New York actor. Mm -hmm. He was home for the, I don't know, for the holidays or something. They sold the ad. He said, where's this, like, you know, a Portuguese Catholic kid from Somerville, Massachusetts going to be cast as, you know, Bernardo in West Side Story. But mm -hmm. he looked he looked like Tony Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> Orlando, Orlando, you know, from, from yeah, Dawn. Tony Orlando and Dawn. He had a the mustache and dark hair. So he looked more mm -hmm. Portuguese than Irish, because I think he was also Irish. His name is Jim. I'll just say Jim right now. Um, anyway, uh, we had uh, an affair. We were like, mm, you know, and nobody knew about it until he got hurt one time in rehearsal and he ran over to him in the green room and they went, everybody goes, ooh, Graziella and Bernardo. <laughs> Gave it away. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I I fell in love with him. He fell in love with me and he was going to go back to New York to pursue his career. I, I think um, he was a really good actor. He, I saw him do Shakespeare later on in the summer. I went, God, he did Bernardo and now he's doing Puck and Midsummer yeah. Night. This guy's good. Wow. So Anna and I, that was our next step anyway, and he encouraged us, and he um, encouraged us, uh, he particularly, Jimmy, uh, encouraged me to work at the Neighborhood Playhouse with Sanford Meisner because he, he said, he didn't go there, he went to the American Academy mm -hmm. of Dramatic Arts, he said, but he's the man, meaning you've got to study with this man. Right. And I interviewed at different places, I interviewed at the Neighborhood Playhouse, and I was accepted, so I went, I'm going. Beautiful. You know, we always talk yeah. about the differences between the two acting styles. And uh, was that was there ever like a point in your, you know, in the time doing both where you were like, I want to dabble in some of the other ones first? Or did you feel like Meisner was where? No, I, I, I went there totally knowing that there was a specific technique and methodology that he taught. Mm -hmm. um, and I really do, Donna, and I, I um, maybe I am prejudiced, but I really think it's a great foundation. Yeah. It's, it's so simple, it can be hard to do because we always go to our heads, we act in ideas sometimes of something. So I, I really, I want to say, absorbed the methodology. I really understood, I think, how to use it. Mm -hmm. And I again, um, I remember when I was um, out there working as an actress, I called my old acting coach, Freddie Karam, and I said, you know, and this was after a while, um, after auditioning and whatnot, I said, you know, Freddie, we, we stayed friends because he, I'll tell you, Don, I, I can always learn from somebody that makes me laugh. Mm. And I know that sounds corny or, you know, that's what all women say about, you know, guy makes me laugh, but it's true. Right. Because he took the work very seriously, was passionate about it. 
but he didn't take himself seriously. And right. the whole class, I mean, everyone that I ever knew that met Freddie Caraman was in the Freddie Caraman fan club. Because he was <laughs> such a great teacher and such a great human being mm-hmm. that you couldn't help but just, I want to say, fall in love with him. You right. know? So anyway, um, I called him up one time. I said, you know, Freddie, I don't know. I thought about maybe I would do a little teaching, coaching um, of uh, the work. I said, and I want to know, because um, I'm out there and nobody's listening. That's the foundation of Miser, listening and responding, listening mm-hmm. and responding, because listening and acting is different. Mm-hmm. It's an emotional awareness of the other guy. It's not waiting for the dueling monologues to happen. Right. You know, so it changes you and it should change you mm-hmm. when you listen. Yeah. That's a wonderful. Um, I'll, I'll send it to you some other time. A wonderful. Um, I'm going to say es- not even an essay, but it's just from something about listening that Alan Alda wrote in his book, Never Get Your Dog Stuffed. I love it was that a memoir. Book. That's a oh, great my book. God. So this he talks about listening and how it really it helped him to become a better listener in acting. And then it also changed his the way he listened in life. It's a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. excerpt. So anyway, uh, I really always thought it was a great foundation. I said, you know, Freddie, I don't I don't know. I. I I'm in these plays and these, but nobody's listening. And I told him about maybe learning how to teach the work. He said, when do you want to start? Just like that. Wow. You know? So I apprenticed with, it's called sitting in, mm-hmm. but basically it's an apprenticeship. And you sit in and teach, you know, watch him teach class all the way through the, whatever you call the, the program. Right. And um, sometimes, and I would talk to him after, I just take, I took voluminous notes, but I had also, been taught it and had been taught by him. Mm-hmm. I took voluminous notes and we go out afterwards and just talk about some of the work and what worked, what went didn't some students. And then he would, uh, then after a little while he would start just some students that weren't getting the famous repetition. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have on a blue <laughs> shirt. Right. Just to work with them a little bit to help them understand it's, it's the spontaneity we're looking for. Right. Not literalists, you know. Um, and so he, I could practice learning how to teach the work with these students that were already in his class. Mm-hmm. So he was he was a great mentor for me, too. And um, then uh, I was doing a play in uh, Woodstock. I was doing, um, I think I was doing Streetcar Named Desire. And some of the people in the local community were, you know, extras in it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And somebody approached me and said, would you be interested? Would you like to, would you come up and teach us an acting class? I went, whoa, you know. But I had been <laughs> working with Freddie anyway. Right. I said, here's 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 the deal. You get upon you ask ask around because mm-hmm. I didn't want to produce it. I didn't have time. We're still working on my own career. Right. So you see what you can do. Ask around. Ask some people in the community if they want to take a class. And if you can get so many people, you know, more than six, 10, 12, you know, even ten, fine. I said I wanted enough people to be able to interact with each other. Mm-hmm. I said, and I'll come up once a week and I'll, I'll teach a class. Sure enough, uh, he or she, I can't remember who it was got a group of people together and they we were given, I think we we're given it, I don't know if we had to rent it, uh, a big art gallery in downtown Woodstock. Wow. And I started teaching, I, I guess I was there for all, at least six months. I'm not sure if I was there for a year. And I would go up because I didn't have a car every day on Greyhound uh, to Woodstock on, on, the, um, on the bus. And mm-hmm. I guess it was an hour, I have two hours up and back. And after the, almost at the end of the six months, the bus driver asked me out because, you know, 
he figured, you know. Hey, he's like, I see her every day. I haven't seen her with a guy yet in six months. And I said, oh, right. thanks, Frank. No, but I'm, you know, I'm, I really can't get into a relationship right now. And I made up something, but but yeah. I was very flattered. Mm. <laughs> and That's so adorable. from there, um, oh, well, Dominic Irrer, my dear friend, he was very instrumental in getting, I guess, uh, initiating this, my work with all these stand-up comics over the years because right. he asked me to coach him for something or work on a monologue. And he said, I have all these stand-up comic friends that, you know, they're they're looking at for development deals, you know, mm. because of Roseanne and Tim Allen, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, would you, can you coach them? Are you going to give them like help on the audition scene or monologue? Mm -hmm. Sure. I could do that. And that's how it, it, um, started that's, and then i want to go back to the com comedian thing because i want to ask questions about that yeah. too but how did you split your time <clears throat> was between going up to woodstock teaching people and then your own career and auditioning and stuff like that was it were you, i think i told you before i was living off of uh coffee and advil pm <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's still the coffee that's still your drug of choice i respect that absolutely you know <laughs> i worked my ass off honey i mean yeah you know uh you were doing auditions, I guess. Because like I said, because uh, we auditions all day, right? You know, auditions were the daytime. Like? Yeah, yeah. It and was, by that time, if I, I was I was making some money doing commercials, I could teach at night. Okay. And um, yeah. you know, if I got a job, I would you know I would just go off in regional theater. I would just go off to the site, I mean, nice. to the wherever it was, and I could and I you know sometimes I sublet in my apartment. Most of the time, I didn't because I just wanted to you know not have to worry about all that. Sure. while I was away. So that's incredible. Yeah, it was uh, an out of body experience. <laughs> so <laughs> so Donald got you into working with other comedians because it, that takes a, a a particular type of patience that I don't think people uh, patience to work with comedians to teach them how to act. I feel like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're a we're a, an odd, horrible bunch. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh my but, god! But you got you, I mean, you really worked with uh, a lot of us, and um, you know, and you you you're able to do it. I mean, with grace, and and you can put up with. Well, our, you know, I remember yeah. there were people that wouldn't work with stand-up comics. You know, pretty well-known yeah. acting coaches. Mm -hmm. They said, no, 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 no. They're 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 all pack of wild dogs. You know what I mean? I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know. And and I said, well, I didn't know. So for me, uh, it was like, uh, you know, I know how I teach, and I know what I believe in, and I know. Uh, I think how to communicate the benefits of, you know, knowing who you are, mm -hmm. let's put it that way. Because mm -hmm. uh, the more you know about yourself, the more you can know about any character you ever play. It's yeah. just you're human. You're, you, you have the good, the bad, and the ugly in you. Just be willing to access that and use it. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to turn you into a sociopath. I would tell people in an interview, you know, yeah. but Which we, is we all have before that. I went, before I went to, to, you know, to train with you, uh, any on the any other tips I had gotten was that comedians couldn't be because when you're a stand up yeah. you try to strip down everything but who you right, are right. when you're on stage. Yeah. You were the only person I acting wise who was like that's the best thing you can do if you know yourself you'll be a better actor. That twist. Yeah, it. yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I think what happens is well to answer one of your questions before I'll, I'll just mm -hmm. backtrack a little bit. So after the Playhouse, you know. I did take um, some acting, other acting, just scene study classes. Okay. With people like Terry Schreiber, and he was more of the um, Strasbourg School, you know, mm -hmm. sensory work and all that. And I thought that was all great because I could learn, you know, but I always was very, very confident with my foundation. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, I was, I'm really blessed and glad that I did decide to study at the Playhouse. Um, it was a great time too in the 70s, my God, all the, all the great films, it was the golden era of, of uh, film for uh, America. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, you look at you look at some of the, what is it, the American, um, oh my God, the American Film Institute, AFI, mm-hmm. their top 100 list of films, most of them are from the 70s. Yeah. And it was a real fun time to, you know, because you could be an extra if you want it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Everybody did Ghostbusters, everybody did this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is there anybody you found yourself kind of emulating in the very beginning? You mean in terms of an acting coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Freddie Cameron. <laughs> yeah, okay. I I I remember that I would say things. Oh, I said, "Oh, that's a Freddie Cameronism." <laughs> Cameronism, yeah, yeah, because it it just it was so simple and clear. Yeah. Um. So I guess I stole it really, but I don't think he he would mind that I would you know right you phrase his you know his way of of, of teaching it, but mm-hmm. but it's very simple. It's so simple for most actors not only comics that it's hard to do because what happens i think what people meant about comics too is that they especially if it was, if it was comedy involved it was a comedy scene or or whatnot mm-hmm. that they were they would they didn't think it was funny only what they wrote or what they you know could do right. as stand was funny and lots of times they would just try to change the script i said mm-hmm. what are you doing no that's not you just change the whole story right that's not what the scene's about you have to use their words but I said, bring you to the role, to life with these words. I said, because a lot of the reasons why they would get called in, because, you know, comedy, I think comedy was the rock and roll of the 70s. And, and that was what comedy was in the 90s. Right. So they would go out to these clubs and see all these guys and they want to wrap a, a, a development deal around them, you know, because of what they saw at the club. Mm-hmm. They want that sensibility to bring these words to life, which is called a script. You don't change the script, mm-hmm. but that, whatever that life was, that personality, that I hate to use the word persona, it always sounds fake to me, but that person, whatever they they responded to in terms mm-hmm. of you and your act, that's the kind of sensibility they want for this character. Do you understand? Right. Yeah. So it's not written about you, but you bring it to life. So don't don't not use that. So I disagree with that, with that other note you got, you know, about comics can't do it because. Uh, that's not true. It's exactly the opposite, I think. Right. Um, no, and it's, <clears throat> I think you're absolutely right. I mean, that was one of the th- things I remember the most about, you know, specific scenes, stuff like that. Because I think, I, you know, I mean, I was I was even young. I, I wasn't only, I started doing stand-up. You were young, 20. honey. You were yeah. young. Even for even, comedy, you were, you, I don't think I've been doing it that long, actually. No. No. I was on the, ro- I got taken out on the road really early. So it's, yeah. So I was just Do you remember who I was with? Up. Um, yeah, I was, uh, well, Joe Starr was the one who got me into your uh, class. Yeah. He was the one who was like, you gotta go. Cause I, I, Joe had gotten me into a couple clubs and right. the liking to me early on. He'd come to speak to my, cause I took a comedy class. Um, mm. and, uh, and you know, I, he had come to speak to us. And when he did uh, that, like everything he just said resonated with me, you know, there's 30 kids in the class or kids, you know what I mean? 30 people in the class. <laughs> and, uh, I was the, I think I was the youngest and, um, they uh you know me and somebody else were the only two that wound up sticking with it and like kept yeah, going yeah. and joe came to talk to us and everything he said resonated with me packing and unpacking bags and working on material going out on the road how hard it was and i was just like yes all of that 
Um, <laughs> I was like, none of that sounds scary. Yeah, I was like, everything sounds great. Um, club, you know, he told some great stories and stuff. And then at the end of it, I'd gone up because, you know, I whatever that thing is in your brain that tells you not to approach people is burnt out in mine. So <laughs> I, went, I went up to him and I was like, will you watch my tape? If I, I, you know, we had VHS back then. So I was like, can I send you my tape? And he was like, sure. And I sent it to him and then he kept in touch with me ever since. But yeah, he's the one who uh, told me to come see you. And when I did, I remember going to see you and we had a great conversation. And um, you had actually asked me about um, my, where I grew up and then my like parents and like when I was younger yeah. and stuff. Cause, and I remember that conversation to this day, because you had yeah. pinpointed um, a few things about my dad, I never really talked about, but <laughs> you know, you pin pinpointed a few things about it, and uh, and really got to like the heart of it. And then you're like, "All right, I want to see you come back on, you know." Yeah, the day I didn't write down total freak. Get rid of him. Get him out of the room now. <laughs> Just let him know. I don't think this is the work for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're like I don't Joe Star, one of my favorite people on the planet. I can't even tell you. Well, he he acted a lot afterwards, but he did yes. such good work in my class. Such good work. I mean, I'm talking to make dramatically uh, demanding work. You know, mm -hmm. but just things that were incredibly vulnerable or incredibly angry and passionate, rage. It was like he he has it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I remember years ago, Freddie Cameron in our class at the Neighbor Playhouse said, "Well, how many people think you have it?" Mm. What's it? Do you think I have it? And I remember nobody was raising their hand and I said, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be in this room if I didn't think I had it. <laughs> like, I think I, uh, so yeah. a few of us trembled, you know, our hand up. And I yeah. said, well, why not? So, so Joe Starr had it. He yeah. still has it. Yep, um, but he's such a good person oh, too. Yeah. And, he, and he's helped a lot of young young comics yeah he's, he's a good teacher he's a good listener i mean i i still yeah. to this day, we, we talk he and i talk every day oh uh, my god like, oh yeah uh, like phone call like sometimes his wife comes in she's like tell john i said hi because uh, uh, <laughs> he's on the phone um but yeah no he's i mean just you know a great teacher and and um you know he's one of those guys so you had said something earlier too where um you know passing the work on and like how you know if you're oh like, god you're, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah same thing like he'll say something to me and then a younger comic or somebody will come up and I'll kind of message him and be like, Hey, because of what you taught me, I got to pass it on to somebody else. And he's like, yeah, it matters. Just yeah. Passing it down the line. Oh yeah. He's not stingy like that. No, no. I like finding people like that's again, like uh, it was, I like through him found you and got to work with you. And, um, one other thing you, you used to do too, is you took the con cause there was a couple comics in that class. It was me and probably. Yeah. And a couple other people or whatever. And, uh, who were comedians. And you never made it easy for us, which I like. Well, why? Why would I make it easy for exactly. you? Exactly. But it was. And like... I would say to people in the interview, I don't know if I said this to you, John, but I said, mm -hmm. look, this is not a comedy class. This right. is not, not, not about making your stand up easy or mm -hmm. better. I said, it's not, it's an acting class. Yeah. And everybody starts at the same place. And you're a blank slate. And I just, you know, please, you have to trust me that I'm going to take you somewhere. Yes. I'll guide you somewhere. I'm going to help you know yourself. Mm -hmm. as much as you are willing to do that and you make the commitment to be here every day, three hours, twice, twice a week. And that's where you're be. You know, you know, not all this running around. Oh, I got to do a set and this, I got, no, you're, yep. you're here. And that was a hard for a lot of comics too. Cause I don't know whether they thought it was just a, I don't know, just a little thing they were doing, you know, to mm -hmm. impress agents or managers or tell somebody, Oh yeah, I, I, 
I took an object class, you know, but no. Yeah, right, exactly. No. If you weren't going in there to try to improve something or get, you know, understand the work, then there was really no point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you had, so, I mean, I mean, the list of comics that, I, what was it? It was uh, Dave Attell, Ray Romano, obviously. I mean, Ray's like, um, I love the story you used to tell us about news radio that you gave him the. Oh remember? my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And you were like, say it, you know, going to the line. No, I gave him, he, he was, it was Dave Foley. And who was the woman who played uh, the other secretary in the class? Um, oh my um, God. God. God, Myra just, something. Yeah, Myra. Yeah. Um, no, no, that's. Oh that's, my God. Oh, my I can't God. remember yeah, her name. Yeah. I I'm gonna look it up right now because it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, here we go. Maura Tierney. Yeah, there you go, Maura Tierney. So they were having a you know a little affair, uh, in, in, in an office affair, oh. and you know they don't tell anybody, and they're like sneaking mm -hmm. into his office and making out a little bit, and somebody would knock at the door. Yeah, so anyway, I was thinking about that next project, you know, something like that. That was the story of the script. And Ray was going to be the character, uh, one of the office characters that, uh, you know, he, he knew what was going on. So yeah. as they passed by one time in the office in the scene, he he said, um, hello, young lovers. And they went, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> are you kidding? I'll forget, you know. I said, Ray, Ray, do me a favor. Mm-hmm. I want you to sing that song and add a little bit to it. It, it, it that that phrase, not so. It's from the King and I, and I want you to sing it. Hello, young lovers, wherever you are. He said, <laughs> "I'm telling you, they will, nobody will know, or nobody will think to do that because mm -hmm. it's, it's not the whole phrase of the song. But you're going to sing the whole phrase of the song. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, it will. He's oh, no, you know, I don't want to do that. I'm not doing a good Ray Romano impersonation, and I adore That's him. Great. But anyway, he said, oh, no. I said, please, right, please, um, tell me. Nobody mm -hmm. else is going to get it. They'll get it at the, you know, audition. Believe mm -hmm. me, they'll get it. They'll know the reference if you sing it. And he says, I'm not a singer. I said, That's the point. That's why it would also be so funny. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. So he and goes, he does the audition, and he tells me it went really well, blah, because mm -hmm. he did, and he got cast on it eventually. Yeah. And I said, and, meaning, you know, did you do that? He went, yeah, I got the biggest laugh at the audition. I went. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> but he did it. He did it because he trusted me. Yeah. And you know? that's a testament to what you say. Stay in the moment. You know, yeah. be aware of the people around. Yeah. Yeah. All that. And it was just, um, I think it was like his final audition. But, you know, the irony is that he got fired from that. Mm -hmm. um, because they had, they felt like they had too many characters that were the same type or something. Or right. too many of office characters. Yeah, I think so, it was like him and Joe uh, Rogan were like the same. Joe oh, Rogan replaced him as a janitor instead. Yes, yeah, exactly. And then uh, uh, Ray went on to get his own show. I said, well, that's not so bad. You know, you get fired yeah. and you get your own show. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So. <laughs> See, would you, because you were, you also like went out and flew out onto these sets and worked with people directly, right? Mostly like. Sometimes, yeah. What was that? Um, was that like a. a I worked with actually. I worked with Ray here, and they, we were working on his pilot episode, mm -hmm. and working with somebody that was uh, a, a woman in class with him, and you know she just so because he worked on he had the pilot was written, but he was just he wanted to work on the acting of it, right. you know. So um, so we so we did all the scenes that he would have done with um, Patricia, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I just had a, a right young there. woman, she was happy to you know work with him because it was right. you know. Gonna be a CBS. CBS was it on CBS? Yeah, CBS. I believe, yeah. CBS, I think. Um, yeah, CBS. You no, know, it was it was picked up, so it was all good. 
Is that like a pressure yeah. cooker situation if you've got if you have to fly out to to you know um, kind of coach somebody through something, but also you're running on the network's time too? So it's like they break. You know what I mean? Do you do you feel any kind of pressure? Or are you just like no, no. You just you you know they'll take a break or something, and um, either the, the the town comes to you and asks something, or I will say, what about how about da 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 da? Nice. You know, and or or because you know they don't do a lot of directing on the set. You get cast because oh. of who you are and and all that. It's mostly it's mostly blocking and, and camera work and stuff like that, honey. I mean, when mm -hmm. you do your table reads, you work that stuff out, but it's pretty right. much, you know, your impulse, your instinct, just like I said before, knowing who mm -hmm. you are, that's why you're going to get cast. I mean, you do have to know how to act. Right. So, yeah. um, and he, he did at that point, he was doing, you know, we did a really funny, we did a, <laughs> he talked about it on ESPN once and about, Yes, this wonderful woman, Joanna Beckson, she put this like recital together. I said, recital? It was a showcase. <laughs> it was all original material he wrote with Mike Sweeney, who was one of the, the he was a pretty well comic woman. And he worked, he was like a head writer yeah. for Conan at one time. And Mike anyway, it was, called, it was called uh, Original Moments and a Few Other Things, you know, mm. but it was all original. And we, mm -hmm. and we did the showcase of it. And that's where, he really got an opportunity to show what he could do both comedically and, and with this beautiful monologue he wrote about his father. Anyway, right. I turned around to Rory, his manager at the time, or, you know, was always his manager and his wife was there and his brother. And I looked at Rory and I said, I told you he could act, mm. you know, they were like, it's the first time he got an opportunity to really showcase that. Right. And, but it was nice. But when he said for I went, Oh, Seidel. <laughs> <laughs> and what instrument did you play Ray? <laughs> Oh, that's right. You did the tuba solo. I remember that. <laughs> Everybody shows up with their fourth grade recorder. Like, yeah, really. Um, and that would have been funny, actually. But he and, <laughs> he and, uh, he and Mike Sweeney, Mike Sweeney wrote this great um, scene about two brothers that own an Irish bar up on the Upper East Side. And I think Mike at the time used to live above the uh, bar, um, you know, in an apartment he had. And it was very, very funny. They were they were terrific in it. Um, that should become a sitcom right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's done. It's done, uh, you know, discreetly. You're not disagreeing. You're making right. suggestions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's all. It's not, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I was wondering, I was like, I, you know, if it's, if they need to have an acting coach and they have somebody come out, I'm like, that's either gotta be like stressful because they're either, you know, like, it's no, but you would work with them offset too. Oh, you, you know would? What I mean? Okay. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Right. You know. And then I, you know, if you had to go to the city, went to the set, but it's not like I'd go, uh, can we stop, please? Okay. <laughs> right, come here. And Patricia, work on your lines, you know. No. That would Buck be great though. Buck did not stop with me. Okay. That, that would be amazing. I would pay to see a show that's exactly like that. Oh god, <laughs> yeah. Just walk out on stage. Excuse me, can we just real quick? I need to yeah. take a minute here. <laughs> well, you know, I what I did do, which is not somewhat similar. Uh, Colin Quinn had a wonderful uh, web series called Cop Show, mm -hmm. and he cast me. Um, I didn't have to audition. Nice. Here's how that happened. I was teaching class uh, on a studio on uh, West 19th Street, and uh, he was in the studio that I was usually using. Mm -hmm. I was renting a studio at the time, and we were going over time. And then the people said, don't worry, we'll give you your full time. And so I said, hmm. Five minutes, 15 minutes, you know, now it's getting a little, I have my whole classes waiting out in the halls. Right. So finally they came out. It was the producer, the casting director, 
the director and um, and Colin. Mm-hmm. And you know they're coming out. Sorry, sorry. I went, oh my god, oh my god. Stay right there. Stay right there. Do you want to back? Stay right there. I went. Oh, okay. And I said, hi. How you doing, sweetheart? Mm-hmm. I said, well, can I just get my kids in the ring? He goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, come on. Uh, Adrian Stern was the caster. She says, Joanna, um, uh, Colin wants to know if you'd be interested in playing his acting coach on the set nice. of this. He's doing this web series. It's called Cop Show. I said, please, yeah, you know, crazy acting coach on the set. I don't know. Tell me a little bit more about it. And, you know, we mm-hmm. had like a five minute meeting outside in the hallway. My class is waiting for me. Mm-hmm. And she says, so we'd be interested. We're going to start, you know, on Monday, and it was like a Thursday. I went, she goes, I said, well, yeah, as long as, you know, if there's no conflict with my my teaching schedule at night. Because I just I said that, you know, I have a right. commitment to these people that I made. And, oh, absolutely, you'll get off the set, no problem, blah, blah, blah. And and right there, I, Colin was just like smiling. <laughs> he didn't say a thing, he was just smiling. And he said, okay, well, we'd like to offer you the part. I went, okay. Wow. <laughs> So, you know, we talked a little bit about it at when they were leaving. And I said, that's it? He said, yeah. I mean, oh, my God. He was saying something. She worked with everybody. She's worked with everybody. Come on. <laughs> you're crazy. No, you got to work with her. And anyway, so that was lovely. And that was so much fun. That's incredible. It was, it was, I would say, 95% um, improv. Oh, beautiful. You know? I love that. That was a great show. And I love it. Was so, and it was such a good idea. And I, I really, we really thought it would go to Comedy Central or, or one of the studios because, you know, Jerry Seinfeld was the executive producer and played an executive producer. You know, mm-hmm. it was a show about a show about a show. Yeah. And um, it's based on, like, kind of a true story with with Colin. I don't know if you know this, but um, he plays an actor named Colin who never got to do any of the, uh, you know, Law & Order gigs. Everybody right. knew did Law & Order at one point, right? Yeah. Because he only hired New York actors. And he said, I never got to do a friggin' law and order. I mean, I, I couldn't even jogger, you know, it's like, whatever. So he decides that that's his story as an act. I was an actor, you know, Colin actor. Mm-hmm. And he said, so I, he said, so the character says, well, you know, the hell with them. I'm going to do my own show. I'll call it cop show. I'll do a cop show about cop show, but not really a cop show. So I did a monologue in, in part of the, um, one of the episodes where I talked about it's, it's, it's a cop show, but it's not, it's a shot. It's, it's a cop show, but it's not really a cop show. It's, it's a cop show about not really being a cop show. <laughs> I remember like, I said, yeah, watch, I'm in this interview. I was being in- interviewed by this little French girl, supposedly from French television. And yes. she was asking, did you see that? That's I did. Interesting. Oh, so good. Oh, and, and I, at the end of it, I, I said, the thing about Colin is that he's not afraid to do nothing. I mean, you could go, Grab a cigarette, go to the bathroom, come back. Nothing's gonna happen. Right. Not I mean, I was saying that. I said, in fact, you you re- you actually want to avert your eyes mm-hmm. and, not, and not watch. I said something, and he's insipid, and <laughs> yelled, "Cut!" And I remember Colin go, "Oh my God, I'm insipid now." <laughs> I think it was their favorite monologue. Uh, one, anyway. one of my favorite moments on that show too is he's having trouble in this one scene. He comes to see counseling from you, and you you oh, yeah. tell him that it's in the walk. Yes, and yes. He does yeah. this the worst oh my heart, yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so And that kid Griffin, oh, what was his last name? Oh, um, He's so good. He was a great yeah. improv and just brilliant in it. And you know, he plays this kid who just graduated from NYU and is like, you know, the director. And we're at odds with each other because I mm-hmm. just think he's horrible. But I'm nuts anyway. So um <laughs> I remember Colin Colin said, Joanna, I'm your slave. I go, 
okay, I could do that. I'll work with that. <laughs> but he, I remember the kid was saying after the walk, yeah, I, I can see what you're do doing there. I see what you're trying to do, you know, and all that, trying to be super. But could you, like, walk a little um, faster? You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Kyle all this horrible stuff, like, I want you to be aware, be super self-conscious of everything. I remember after that, I just super said, I said, I don't really believe this. I'm just, I'm, that was acting, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The super anyway, it was, I love it was that. the best. Getting in his head for him. It was, oh it God, was yes, yes. Oh, so everything that's totally you know the opposite. Yes, what like, acting oh. should be. I'm telling you, too. absolutely brilliant. I'm stunned. I, I I thought that for sure was going to go to Comedy Central or something. We all did too. And I remember comics sitting around, you know, after a, a day of shooting with with him and everybody said, "God, it's such a great idea." And it's so yeah. And he he hired all the guys. You know, what yeah. I mean? Robert Kelly and Nick DiPaolo and you know, all these great comics, you know, I got to see, do scenes with them and it was so much fun. Yeah. God, you know, they kept me on my toes. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh no, I can imagine. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had everybody on there too. And that was the, that everybody was, was on there. You know, we were talking about that briefly too. It's like, it just seems like the business has changed so much that like, if, even if Seinfeld's backing something, it's they're like, and you know, it's just a weird, it's just a weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, does that do you notice that? Do you notice like the huge shift? Because I remember when we were in your class again, we were talking about sitcoms are kind of making their way back a little bit. You know, I think I think uh everybody loves Raymond was like one of the last Oh like, yeah. Well you, won, you, know, you know, it's yeah, then they got into more episodic, more drama yeah. series were starting to take over. But I, I spoke to an agent recently and she felt because of last year and the everything right. was so horrible for everybody and every business. She felt there would be a big demand for more um, sitcoms. Wow! Uh, and you know, in the in the next few years, because people need a release, and, and yeah. you know, um, she might be right. I, I haven't seen it. I mean, frankly, I hated all the reboots. I was like, oh no, I know. no, no they're no. really bad. They were all bad. Just it, can't, it was like such a like somebody had such a great ending. Yeah. You know, and I, I said, what? No, 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 no. You know what? One that was actually not a sitcom, but did you ever watch Six Feet Under? Yeah. Oh, oh God, love that show. Love that. That I mean, that was awesome. every Sunday night. My friend who lived down the hall, George, came over with popcorn, and we just like, yeah. And then we started to watch Kirby Enthusiasm because it also came on the same, you know. Yeah. I think it was HBO. But that I thought the Six Feet Under had one of the best endings. Absolutely. Ever, any yeah, drama, or, you know, ending was pitch perfect. Yeah, you found out whatever happened to anybody, or there's so yep. that, and it, it all had. They all had their arc and their. You know, their ending was, it was just, I thought it was pitch perfect too. It's one of the few you shows, if, if somebody's like, I need something to binge, and I'm like, have you seen Six Feet Under? And they say, no, I can without a doubt go, you got to watch that whole show. Oh, absolutely. Because I can't absolutely. do that with Game of Thrones. It broke my heart. I, I stayed with that <laughs> whole thing eight years. and then Oh, they, my God. They just screwed us No, I, yeah, well, that was, I couldn't watch too much because it was, you know, I couldn't stand all the rapes and the incest and oh, the yeah. murders and the rapes and the incest and the murders and the rapes. I was like, okay, do they have any other thing to do then? I mean, can yeah, I go, I, I don't know, take care of the lambs or the, you know, the, the yeah, it's one of those shows I couldn't tell my parents to watch. Well, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> They're like, "What are you watching every time?" I'm like, "Nothing." Just, yeah, rape, you know. murder, and uh, incest. Rape, yeah, murder, and incest. Like, no, you know, you wouldn't like it. Uh, uh, there are <laughs> there are there are three things that I have watched recently, binged on them, and um, I'm, maybe I'm a little late to the party, but mm -hmm. um, Ted Lasso. Oh, dude, that is a beautiful. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you, dude. I do that a lot. Oh my god! <laughs> you like it? But the oh no, I love it. I think I it's one of the best oh my written God. shows. So um, good. 
Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so, it has so much heart, John, but it's not corny, you no. know, not like gaggy all. with the spoon. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's um, great. Um, I also loved mayor of East town, you know, with I heard Gene that's Smart. really good. I haven't seen it yet. Really good, John. And, and you, you know, you're from the, well, you're from that part of Jersey where they have that whole, you know, accent. Oh yeah. yeah we'll yeah. call it. Mm-hmm. And this takes place in like the Delco area. Yeah, so they're all they're all talking like that. Coming down the shore and get some hoagies. You know, <laughs> but Gene Smart is amazing. And and then I watched Hacks. I binged watched. Oh Hacks. yeah, that's fantastic. Did you Absolutely. see that? Yep, one hundred. Oh, she was so good thing. in that. You know. Yep. So I just when I but I remember the first episode of of Mayor of Easttown. I was watching it and I and I was like about a third of the way through and I went, "There's no acting here." And I went, "That's the best kind of acting." Right. I so believed it, and I love the cast. Yeah, you know, and the, the young detective that she started to work with, he <laughs> <it> was so <laughs> good. And I don't want to give anything away, but I went, "Oh no!" <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. No, no, At I'm the gonna, end of I'm the series, don't be, yeah. Um, there's um, that show with. Uh, have you seen the one with um, Bill Pullman, um, where he's the uh, detective, and each each season focuses on a different like he's in a different area different town remember what it's called i don't think the i've seen sin- it it's called the center oh no because i love bill pullman he's, yeah, he's been one of my favorite actors forever absolutely know? yeah he's amazing that's what's that's it on great show. it is on netflix oh okay yeah i'll, great, I'll great have to look it up because, yeah there's a lot of stuff just binged over this yeah pandemic. but you know what's sad it's it's you know network is it's yeah. never going to be the same honey and no i know they're so hungry and 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 the content is just so it's so awful you know yep. oh and that, that would be the big you know golden ring to get yep. so on now it's you know because the content is so good on all these other platforms yeah, you know because yeah. it can be real and the, and the writing is is believable and truthful yeah. and it's you know well it doesn't have to be censored it's you know. stu- I'm stunned. I mean, other you know, they I think they dropped the occasional f bomb and Ted Lasso here and there though. But that is like network missed out on that. I mean, like you know, well, they yeah, Apple. yeah, yeah. And that's a that's Bill Lawrence, who I want. I don't know if you uh, know one of my top five favorite shows is Scrubs. I love. Oh wow! Oh Scrubs, Scrubs was wonderful. Right? I mean, oh my god, Absolutely. all those actors, you know, yeah, to have you know even bigger careers. But yeah, I love Scrubs too. Yeah. And it was fun when they they were one of the first that would break that fourth wall and like look into the camera and, and mm-hmm. say stuff like the office did, you know. Right. Which by the way, I love the original with you know Ricky Gervais. Oh, Ricky Gervais, was, yeah. Uh, Can't beat the original. I said, Who is this guy? You know? Have you been watching yeah. Afterlife? That talk about Pathos. Oh that, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. So good. I mean that he's, he I think he's brilliant. He's yeah. just so so smart too, you know. Yes, absolutely. So, that's so great. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's one of those things where, like, he, you know, he lo- obviously, you know, in the show, he loses his wife. That's no secret or whatever. But like, yeah. I feel like, you know, you don't have to have even lost somebody to understand the level no. of depression he's going through. No, yeah, so it's phenomenal. Uh, I yeah. want to before we even get because I'm going to keep you for I, I've got you for an hour. If you have a hard out, I'll wrap up. But if you want to stay for a little bit more, I can. Uh, well, I don't, I, you know, I I'm, I'm union, so. <laughs> overtime, overtime, baby. That's fair. That's fair. I'll send we went you to overtime here. Whatever you need. I got Venmo. Uh, <laughs> uh, Do you have you... mallow cups? Remember mallow cups? <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll take so a couple great. boxes of mallow cups. You can send them by Amazon. <laughs> Done. Oh, they're so good. Now I want them. Oh my uh, god! That's a summer treat. Um, 
but uh so direct you i mean you've obviously you taught it uh, uh directing and stuff like that too i feel like did you like that more than acting the directing and stuff like that because i i think i i love directing right and i i always i love doing it in in my classes and then the projects i did i did a lot of directing off broadway mm-hmm. and you know different showcases over the years and and got paid for it <laughs> right and you taught it. um you know what i loved about directing um I remember when I would be in a play and I would be sitting there and I'm, I'm watching, you know, part of the scene, but I'm watching the director talk to another actor about a moment. And I would just know in my, in my heart of hearts, my instincts that that's not what that moment's about. You know, right. but it's not my job to go, ah, hello. No, I don't right. think so. Yeah. You know? And I would just, you know, I just, I, I shut up. I didn't say anything and, and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't pull, you know, an actor, you know, to the side of it, you know, at the moment, you know, you don't do that. And right, I hate right. when kids would do that, even in a class, go, whoa, 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 you're directing that actor? No, no, no. So, but I just know intuitively, and I was sitting in, again, like I told you before, apprenticing with my um, my acting coach, Freddie Carriman, mm-hmm. his classes, and I, I, one day we were talking about the work, and I said, you know, Freddie, I really think I want to direct. He said two words to me, do it. Wow. And, you, you know, you don't have to, you know, I'm going to do stuff on my own as we talked about anyway. Mm-hmm. But when I heard that from him, it was somebody who I so respected. It just, he didn't have to push me off the diving board. I just went, I said, okay. So I found a play, a one act play, which I thought would be easier because it's one act. Found out they're really hard mm-hmm. because it's one set and you got to make it feel like it's moving in a sense, dramatically and emotionally. Um, but that's something I learned right away. Uh, a one act called Later. And was by a woman named Corinne Jacker. Hmm. And I cast two of my friends, two women friends that I thought were good actresses from Circle Repertory Company. And an older woman who was the aunt of one of the actor actresses. Wow. So it was a play about three women, um, a mother, two daughters who were uh, closing out their summer home somewhere hmm. in Maine or something. And the father had just died. Um, it was time to close, just close it out. I mean, you know, they weren't going to be going to that anymore i guess they were selling the house but it was a wonderful wonderful play about relationships and family and and i i just i loved it i i remember i kept a journal and um i remember the first word i wrote in my journal was yes in real big letters yes and and that's and i just you know i here's what i liked about act, uh, acting was that you know you got to you know create a character and I felt like I got the opportunity to really express myself emotionally and be another human being insofar as living a life that I would never live. But mm-hmm. how would that feel? And I got to express that. With directing, I felt like I got to paint the whole picture, so right. to speak. So there's this big blank canvas and we're gonna make these, these characters and these stories come alive by our collaborative efforts. I love the collaboration. Mm-hmm. Being a director, working with the designers and lighting people and all that it was so much fun because you know, like we come up with the ideas, oh, oh yeah, let's get that. How about if, you know? But I just liked being able to, again, like I said, be in charge of the whole canvas. Right. And I'm going to use that color there and that color there. And oh, that would be interesting. Or what do you think? And you know, collaborate with, and we come up with a better, again, painting. I'll call it. Do you still, you know? as a as a collaboration, do you still keep the writers? close by in a way in a sense if, if, if they're available okay. <laughs> you know yeah. and, if, and if they want to because um 
you know, sometimes it just might be a word that just, ooh, that's just not working. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I would say a secure writer would go, I get it. No, right. let's change it to this, you know. I remember, you know, I taught Darren Aronofsky years ago, mm-hmm. and he came to me to take acting classes because he wanted to have a uh, better understanding of, of actors' methodologies because he was editing his first film called Pie. Great, great film. And he had gone to NYU, graduate film department, and uh, one of his uh, friends, Robert, took my classes and he would use Robert in some of his student films. And he said, you know, after he started to work with you, I put Robert in my student films and he said his acting was better. I went, thank you. So he wanted to, he wanted to take an acting class so he would be a better director. Mm. I said, this kid's smart, I like this. So we came down, we had a great interview I said, uh, like colleagues, I said, I'm not going to give you a break because you're a director. You're going to be an actor in my class, okay? Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, no, no, no. I said, okay. Well, it was terrible the first couple of weeks because he's a director. He doesn't understand the language or anything. Right. Well, the time we finished that workshop, it was like six, eight weeks later. It was a summer workshop in my in Meister. He uh, was never late, never missed a class, and was doing some of the best improvs that wow. the scene I gave him in that class. So I really respected him and his work for that. And later on, he was given a commercial sort of about me. He came back to NYU, was giving a, you know, a seminar after he had done The Wrestler. Mm-hmm. Which I love that film. It was just, to me, it was yeah. brilliant. And, um, you know, it was... Amazing he, film. He started to do the repetition exercise and the kids didn't know what was going on because they weren't there in the, in the workout. She's a good acting teacher. She's a good acting teacher. She's a good acting She's a good actor. Right. <laughs> and I started to laugh. I said, they don't know what you're doing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I never forgot that. That was very sweet of him. But uh, yeah, I just, that to me is, that's a real artist. Yeah. I want to be the best I can. And I want to understand how to talk to, okay. I want to, I, I want to know how to talk to actors before I work with them. So I know they understand their language. Yeah. You know, I think it's terrific. Because, you know, I didn't work with a lot of really good directors. They, you know, but I have been in workshops where the directors, you know, when I taught direct uh, actors crafted and NYU, you know, I'd have to be. I, these kids would say, uh, "You're the actor, and this is the director." Uh, John, could you act um, better? <laughs> <laughs> Which, listen, if they were saying it oh to me, God. I'd have been like, "I understand." I understand. And I just, I, yeah, I just went, "What?" <laughs> I said, well, first of all, you just insulted the actor. And what do you mean? What what the hell is better? Could you be a little more specific? I mean, do you want him to flirt or do you want him to seduce? Okay. There's a difference right there, you know. Right. Um, anyway, I just, yeah. So um, I forget where that came from, but where, where, what we're talking about. But what we're talking about, about just the you know, directing versus acting yeah. and stuff. And plus, I yeah. also, you bring it up, you brought it up a couple times too, just um, improv and stuff like that. You seem oh, really yeah. open to it and like Absolutely. to play around with it. Does that come from understanding actors better and the need to do it as a director? You allow it because there was a wave of it. I feel like for a while where it was just a hot topic, man. Every every interview every oh, yeah. actor had was how much was scripted, how much was improvised, and it almost seemed like people loved off script. Like they wanted to hear more about people, yeah. their own brilliance. Did yeah. You, did you find that more distracting though? At a certain point, where you were like, all right, sometimes you need to just stick to the script, or were you like, play? Go ahead. No, no, no. As long as long as it because in 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 certain um in certain uh say mediums like film and television, especially mm-hmm. uh television, not not like the great writers like um you know, um, oh, I don't know Neil Simon or like Nichols or, or yeah, something Nick like Nichols or, yeah. you know you you can't as long as you don't change the script. 
But right. you can add to it, you know, you can, I mean, something as simple as like, it says, no, I don't want to do it. You go, no, 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 no. Mm. I don't want to do that. You know, it doesn't say no, 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 you know. But understanding if you can, uh, there's an expression this one casting director used to use years ago. And, uh, uh, gosh, her name is, her name is Joanna and it'll come to me later. But anyway, she, uh, she wrote uh, in her book, um, muddy it up a little bit. Doesn't mean dirty or make it blue right. material. Uh, she just meant like make it more conversationally real. Right. And I, I'm not as I would not want anybody to change the story, mm-hmm. but something that you could you, you can you can write it. So then I said instead of I said, you know what I'm saying? You add to it, and that's mm-hmm. part of the improvisation. As long as you're not telling some other story. Said, yeah. No, no, that's not what this is. That's tell this story. You can improvise on it. A lot of times, I would tell my actors that came down to work my. NYU directors, get them to improvise first. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them, if they come from the theater, they're going to be worried about being word perfect. It's going to feel stilted. Uh, it's going to feel stiff. It's right. not going to feel flowing. So if they know how to improvise, you can improvise around some circumstances, you'll get more believable behavior. Right. Okay. And that they opened up their, um, I want to say they opened up their scripts to that as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I just feel like that's being more secure. There's a more secure artist yeah, as far as I, directing is concerned, and and a writer. You know, right? I mean, Darren told us the story about when he was working with um, uh, Mickey Rourke on uh, the wrestler that mm-hmm. he would change. He would change his. You know, he would go, "Oh no, I would say it this way," and the, you know, and yeah. Darren was pulling his hair out. He said, "But the director would be right there, or they call. I mean, the writer would be right there, and they would call the writer." Um, Mickey thinks that maybe it would work better if he said that. And the writer was very, he said, no problem. You right. Know? But he was apparently a, a piece of work to that's, work with. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I heard too. Because it was funny that yeah. the, um, the, the, you know, the first Iron Man, I'm a huge superhero nerd, by the way. So yeah. just, uh, just let me dive in here. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, I didn't oh. see Iron Man. I don't know if I saw that one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, so, but, uh, Jeff, it was it was like Marvel Studios' first like kind of production or whatever. Mm-hmm. But Jeff Bridges was just doing an interview, mm-hmm. like uh, maybe like a year ago, where he was actually talking about how him and Robert Downey, because there was no real script. So between him, uh, Robert Downey, and John Favreau, they actually yeah. went in and had to like most of those scenes were improvised, and to have three, you know, Bridges and, and fucking Downey, and then Gwyneth Paltrow, whatever. Yeah being able to do that kind of stuff that fascinates the hell out of me. It's like, you actually have to go in and rework a script almost in the same way we were talking about curb earlier where yeah. I want to know, like people ask those questions. We're like, what does the script look like? How much of it yeah. is left blank? And then it's I like, think that yeah. Larry really, I mean, I've, I know this, it was mostly all improvised, right? He, he would give you a skeleton of what the scene was about, what he wanted the scene to be about. Mm-hmm. And he hired really good uh, stand-up comics who were also very good actors and slash improvisers right and he would just let it you know fly i think they had a lot of fun in that show yeah i know they did you know oh yeah but there's just there's certain types of literature you just don't again right you don't mess with yeah you don't mess with yeah you know absolutely um Um, well I just want to thank you so much for coming on. I got to ask you one more question before you go because Uh every every guest we've had oh no um so if you had if you go back in time if you had one piece of advice that you could give yourself, your younger self, that would help you now, what do you think it would be? I ask the question again, if I could give my if you could, younger self. If you could go self, back in time and talk to your younger self, you have a moment with yourself and you have one piece of advice that could that you could give to your younger self that would help you now, what would it be? 
help me now? Yeah, that you just tell yourself to go through the rest of the life. You are enough. Ooh, I like that a lot. Do you feel like a lot of people like this like don't have need to hear that type of a uh, thing? Because it it does seem like a common theme almost that like you know, especially now with social media and all that other shit. Nobody, everybody thinks they're doing less than they should be. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's a life. Beautiful. That's a life lesson too. Absolutely, you're enough. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, thank you. Seriously, thank you so much for coming on. I love you. I had a blast with you in the class. I learned <laughs> well, so seriously, much. seriously, you're welcome. Seriously. I was a, I was a pain in the ass. I, listen, I know I was a pain in the ass. So. <laughs> uh, a couple of times. But you stayed. <laughs> I did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I knew. Uh, I, I know what value. Of I knew you I were have. getting it. You did some good work in my class, John. There's no question. There's no thank question. you. I mean, if you were terrible, I don't know. I've had oh, yeah. to throw a few people out in you my did. time. I think, yeah. well, I think you, I think there was somebody in our class who had to, who did not return. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were all like, you know, so-and-so has been gone. Mm, yeah. He's, he's not going to be continuing to work with us. That's how I would handle it. Right. Yeah. That's how you would handle it. And then we'd move on. Yeah. You know what I love that you had us do. And this is, I, I'm curious where this originated. You would, we would always get together on our birthdays or when it was our birthday, you would always. Oh uh, yeah. Wasn't you know that what sweet? I'm, I made yes. that up. I don't oh, know. you did? You just came yeah. out. You would have us all say something. Yeah, you would be in the center. It was your birthday. We all yeah. make a big circle around you and tell you something that we really, really liked about you, loved about you, word or phrase. And people would do it. They loved That's a better present than I think anything, you know, materialistic. Absolutely. Because to this day. You, you got, it was sort of like a love bomb, you know? Yes. <laughs> and if you were having a, I mean, especially like you're having a crappy day, you're getting to the city. Oh, God, was, yeah. Yeah. It was so sweet. And, and you had to, be, had to be in the class on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I remember I what you said to me. And we were all out. We actually went out for some reason. We went out around the corner or whatever. And you made everybody, uh, we, we that we were at the table or whatever. You're like, it's John's birthday. Let's all say something nice. And you said, mm. um, that I was an acerbic wit uh, tempered by great sensitivity. I remember that to this day when I'm Wow, who said yes, that? You I did. Guess. You did. Oh, I'm good. I know. And I just want, <laughs> I was like, and I remember now, that to this day. I think I think it. that is, I think I nailed it. I, I thank you. I appreciate that. I Absolutely. think about that whenever I'm feeling like <laughs> terribly shitty. Well, like, I, nice. I knew with the interview, but I also know, again, you were talking about being a little bit of a pain in the, you know what, mm. that you were really smart. Oh, thank you. And you know, I can I can appreciate that from a smart one versus somebody that didn't, you know, they don't know what the hell they're talking about, you know. Right, right. <laughs> but oh, that's a good one. I like that. That yeah. should be, you know, I should make a T-shirt of that, John. I uh, I'm going <laughs> to abuse that to know what everybody what everybody needs to quote. <laughs> Dawson that out there. Like, hey, listen, you. Well, here's one another thing I I made up, and I have all my students do it. I did I, t- I taught a workshop, uh, uh at a an entertainment center. I'll just mm-hmm. put it that way last weekend, but I've told all my private students to do this. Um, I, I did it myself and I pretty, pretty sure I made this up too. And it, it's for audition purposes or anytime you even at an interview for any job mm. right before you go into that, cause you're prepared or you were getting ready for a, a, a job interview. It doesn't matter what it is. And I remember, uh, Everyone that I said, do this, it helped them. And this is, again, something uh, I want to share with you because it was something I would, I would also say to my, my, um, so my little young woman self. Um, but it has to do with, again, being with people and being in an opportunity for uh, 
a position, let's put it that way, a job mm -hmm. or, you know, anything. I say to them, I say, what do you really, 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 really like about yourself? And if you let that, okay, sit with you before you go in, I don't care if you like your hair, really like your hair. I said, because when you go in those rooms, they can smell it. They go, oh, I just liked it from the moment, you know, moment he walked in. But you know, the heat. it's not cockiness, it's confidence. Right. Even if it's only about your hair. Um, but people, again, I say, smell that. And confidence is very attractive. Everybody likes to be around confident people. Just, yeah. you know what? Something about being around confident people makes you feel safe. Yes. Not emotionally safe. Absolutely. And they also smell fear and desperation when you walk in that room. Yep. They go, oh, no, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's like, he was so defensive. Ugh. Right. So that's just something that's free. You can just do that as soon as you walk in, right before you walk in the room. And that's, it's a consciousness, a sensitivity, and a sensibility that will be living in you. They will mm -hmm. pick right up. Yeah. That's and beautiful. Canada does that too. Yep. I was going to say, oh. with a lot of self-taping and stuff like that, too. Oh, yeah. God, yes. Um, absolutely. But the camera's so intimate, John, it reads thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you know? absolutely. Seriously, you know? Yeah. So we, you're I love the camera yourself. work. Oh, yeah. I remember the camera work that we did when we first did it in your class, and I remember something else you used to tell us, too, just to also win the room. Uh, oh, somebody had said, so, but we have people watching, by the way, live. So this is uh, Tom throwing up. Quite, Broadway is the pinnacle for stage plays and especially musicals. They try out in Boston, Philly, and Chicago. Do you ever see this changing? Hmm. Oh, wow, honey. I, I, right now, because of this, the, the state of theater, uh, I can't answer that question. It's still in, for me, it's still in flux. Right. Only for financial reasons they won't go to, but usually it was financial reasons that they went to, I mean, original theaters to see if it works before mm. they spend the big money. But now everything is, is so changed. They may not do it because... They don't have the money to do again a tryout and then I'll save it for a Broadway run. Right. That's a that's a that's a good question. It yeah. And I don't have a definitive answer for it. it. It's hard because I don't even know anymore. Like I feel like this pandemic shook everybody. Oh God, every every aspect, honey. Yeah. Um, and even you know, self tapes are not going away. They're here to stay. It's so. I mean. I, you know me. I like. I feed off of energy. I like. Oh my god! Crowd. Absolutely. And I think self tapes kind of like after a while. I, I did so many when we were doing the you know yeah. the beginning of this because of course then it opened like we shut down. But to my agents, it just opened everything up. Absolutely. So they were like, "Here's the stuff." But you do so many like the first few you're doing or whatever. It's fine. It's like, oh yeah, bam, bam, bam. Then after a while, you just see yourself. There's no. You know to what? Play off it's of. not. It self tapes. Can, you don't have just competition from. America, it's it's international. Yes, absolutely. It's, they can send a self tape from you know New Zealand. I go, oh, I want that guy. Yeah, I want that gal. They said I had no reason. To, you're gonna either kill me for doing this or whatever. But uh, I I had no I had no reason at the time. Even I think I was just exhausted by it and just the audacity of me saying no. But like I had one. They had given me a self. Uh, they gave me an audition, and it was like midnight. And they needed it at 9 a.m., right? Oh, it was a self-tape. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I was like, okay, that's fine, whatever. But I was like, I was like, all right, let me just sit up. And I look at the thing, and it's uh, me, and there's uh, four other characters. Oh. And I was like, what, what, how what, are you supposed what, to do that? What am I supposed to do? And then yeah. also it asked me to dress for each of the different scenarios. Oh, and I was my like, God. I'm out. <laughs> 
like, um, I'm out of the bit. I was like, fuck, you know, there's no, no way that's just, it. that's, I really think that's cruel. And I think it's, I yeah. think it's incredibly unprofessional. Oh, good. Cause I was like, any, no, I any production that. company, theater, theater, director, ask you to do that. It's like, Oh yeah, you're the talent. You're supposed to be just, you know, yeah. You're a miracle worker. Right. No. That was wild. I was like, oh. screen, I'm set. I was like, no. I, I would think that if, if I was your, again, your um, agent or manager, I would totally respect that, John. Yeah, they were you cool know? with it. They were actually no. like nice about it. But they, you, uh, they have yeah. to respect. Uh, hello, it's a craft. It's a profession. Yeah. You know, are you going to do every part of the surgery tomorrow morning? And mm. you just found out it's, you know, brain surgery, cancer operation. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, um, I'm like blood poisoning and uh, <laughs> hip replacement. Oh, come on! Right, you can like, do all that. I think yeah. it was like a Nate. It was a Nathan's commercial or whatever it was. And oh I was like, God, I'm good. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes my I, I've had uh, students, clients say to their agents, "Look, you know, I'd love to do this, but can can they extend the time that it could be in right. to at least get you know another day or something?" Right. Oh, that's just. Crazy. Yeah, it's very disrespectful and, and very unprofessional. Yeah, and between this and the TikTok, I mean the TikTok community too. Like, I I don't even like there people are going for people who have millions of followers. Like, I even like Instagram. So I have a pretty decent following, like on Instagram, right? It's <sighs> changing, but I remember I I, like going for clubs and they'd be like, uh, "Well, how many followers do you have?" And I'm like, "Well, I guarantee oh, I you they're not in Boise." So I don't know what <laughs> what difference. That no, makes. I I I had a, a, f a number of students that when this first started again. They asked me how many followers they had mm -hmm. on uh, um, Instagram and also on um, tweets. You know, oh, yeah, Twitter, yeah, yeah, Twitter, Twitter, and and they didn't get uh, a part. They didn't get a call back. Infuriating. This is for film and television, especially TV, because they wanted to get you know almost a guaranteed built-in audience. Yes. If they cast this person who had all these followers, I was like, oh, I know. That's it's cool. a shame. I feel like it's yeah, not that's a shame. Yeah. That I don't I, think it's going to change though either. I don't think so either. I know um, that's why it's no. just like you got to do whatever you whatever you can. I mean, I watch the, these documentaries and stuff like that where like they talk about you know, especially the music industry. By the way, like, oh. you know, uh, <laughs> like the history of MTV or whatever. But they were talking about uh, the guys chomping cigars, and they, they would like they were somehow more friend. They were like they were willing to throw shit against the wall yeah. more than some twenty something now who's afraid of losing their job for a creative endeavor. They're like, I'm not. It's it's insane. Um, all right. Well, I, again, I don't want to keep you. I do. Okay, I actually well, do want to keep you. That's a lie. But I won't, <laughs> I won't do it. I don't. Keep, I'm like timing, though. I like that. Thank you. I do it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, again, thank you so much. I'm gonna um, you know plug whatever you need me to plug or whatever. This will be out next week. Um, okay. On YouTube and Apple Podcasts, I will send you the links. Um, Great. Coming on. If you want to hang backstage what, while I just wrap this up real quick, that's fine. If you got to go, I understand. Uh, I'll just hang backstage. Yeah. Absolutely. Hi, John. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Dystopia tonight.